Revealing Voices is a mental health podcast that is faith-based, peer-led, story-driven, and stigma-breaking. Host Tony Roberts and guest hosts with lived experience take you on a journey of revealing voices, working for justice, crying out for healing, speaking the truth in love, and expressing beauty in art. I'm Kevin Early Bird Early, technical producer and sound mixer, and I want to welcome you to Revealing Voices. Tony Roberts here, Chief Shepherd of Delight and Disorder Ministries. I'm shepherding a project through my blog at delightanddisorder.org. I have high hope it will culminate in a book with photos and letters entitled Hope for Troubled Minds, an anthology of letters between those with brain illnesses and our loved ones. Submit your letter written to your loved ones, first and second person grammar. Target date, March 1st, 2023. Send to me at tony at Indicate if you would be willing to read your letter for the audible version. I would appreciate your contributions of letters, your ongoing support, encouraging words, and your prayers. That's Tony Roberts, Tony at delightindisorder.org. Trigger warning, childhood abuse and neglect. Hello, this is Tony Roberts of Revealing Voices. And I'm delighted this morning to have with us, uh, uh, with my guest co-host, Leona Satterberg. Um, also, our guest for the program today, Pastor Mark Sowersberg. Uh, Pastor Mark serves a, a church in New England and is also the author of the book, Forgiving the Nightmare. In, in which he shares with his readers stories of, of his upbringing, difficult experiences he faced that were uh, experiencing abuses and neglect and in, in all forms, but then how by the grace of God, he was led to safety and freedom. Mark, Mark, tell more about that. But Mark, thanks for for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here with both of you today. It's such a blessing. And thanks again for giving me the opportunity to share my testimony, my story, and the hope I have in God. I want to start with a question for you. My um, grandma McPeak was very profound Christian. She was the one who led me to Christ. And she used to have an expression, I have a burden from the Lord for this, and I have a burden from the Lord for that. And she meant a sacred calling compelling her to do things for the glory and the service of the world. So tell us about your burden for forgiving the nightmare. Well, I, I do have a burden, a calling, a heart to help people that have been broken, hurt, lost, because I've experienced it. I've tasted the bitter waters. I've lived through a nightmare. My nightmare was child abuse. And I talk about that from the age of seven to 14. My mother's husband abused me in every way, shape, and form. And I found hope. And again, it wasn't 
overnight. It wasn't uh, in a one single service or a church message, but I found hope in God. So it's in, it's just filled my heart to want to share it with more people. I'm a regular guy, nothing special about me. I struggled with reading. I struggled with insecurities and fears and inabilities. And if God's love can pull me out of that miry clay, a broken guy, a guy didn't know which way was up for a long time in his life. Uh, you know, I, I want to share that good news to see other people find the freedom and the victory in the Lord that I have. Again, I don't pretend I walk on clouds. I don't pretend I'm better than my neighbor. I just have a story where the nightmare of abuse that was the shadow over everything I did for so long is, is now subsided because God's light has become brighter. I'm not saying that shadow went away. I'm saying that God's love and mercy got brighter than that shadow. And I want to share that with others so they can find that hope and find that peace as I have in God. Mm, thank you. That's an incredible story. And your testimony in the book is, is really very heartfelt. And, and that transparency that you have really does kind of lead us back to that hope, right? Of, of what um, we all experience, but it leads us to a hope that that's undeniable. And, you know, as Christians, there have been many who have, in the public view, sinned or, you know, been abusive um, to people inside and outside of the church. And for the general public, sometimes it's really hard to find a space, right, to be forgiving of those people, especially those that we trusted because they were supposed to be spiritual leaders or they were supposed to be better than that. What would you say to someone who believes that forgiveness is kind of a, a churchy word for just denying things and, and allowing things to go un, unpunished, maybe? Sure. And that's a great question. And I would say in my book, I kind of discuss what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. Because I think for a long time, I viewed forgiveness in that sense, that forgiveness was forgive and forget and let off the hook and, you know, let's have kumbaya moments. And, and I had to grow in my understanding of what forgiveness is. Uh, you know, I can forgive and still not say, and, and, and still say I need distance. I can forgive and still say what you did is wrong. I could forgive and say, you know, I, I, I'm still wrestling with things. So there's a lot of aspects of forgiveness. I think maybe the church culture or, or, the, or the generations before us would say, forgive and forget, let it go, you know, bury it under the rug. My mom kind of grew up in that generation and passed it on to us. And if we didn't talk about it, it didn't happen. And, uh, you know, so again, for me, forgiveness was not forgive and forget. Forgiveness was not saying, hey, you abused me. I was raped for seven years. I was stabbed. I was pierced. My teeth were knocked out. I was burnt. I was sold to us, prostituted to other men to abuse me. And, and, and I, I can say that's wrong. And, and it's, it's criminal. And the authorities need to get involved. And there's a, you know, and I forgive because Christ forgave me. So he's called me to forgive. But by forgiving doesn't mean I become a doormat. It doesn't mean that I, I, I say everything's okay now. You know, I can still say, you know what? I've forgiven you by the grace of God because God's forgiven me, but I, I need my space. I need my distance. And I would also say that forgiveness isn't a one-time one event. In the Lord's Prayer, what many of us will know, Jesus said what in the Lord's Prayer? He said, give us this day our daily bread and help us forgive those who trespass against us. That daily concept of 
thanking God for his, his provision of bread, but also asking God daily, help me forgive. So I think when we got a good, healthy concept of forgiveness and not some kind of uh, uh, immature view, if you would, or cultural view of forgiveness, it kind of helps us shape what we're forgiving and how we're forgiving. You know, that's a great point, Mark. And I, I wonder, you know, in our current culture and society, um, it's pretty common to hear women tell their stories. It's less common to hear men stand up and talk about specifically some of the abuse that you have shared. How has that impacted the congregations and the, the groups that you've spoken to? You know, oftentimes I speak to men groups and it's not as quite as obvious, you know, as I think that, and I want to be very careful here, but as I would think in a, in a woman's group, or, you know, I think that there's a little different way how men uh, deal with it. So, a lot of times men will punish themselves with food and alcohol and, and all kinds of self-medications, if you would. But after the service, you know, in our faith tradition, we have a time called an altar time. We, we pray for people, come on up to the altar and let us pray for you. When I'm in a men's group and I say, hey, you know, if anybody wants prayer for, uh, to help forgive those or that have been hurt, you don't see a lot of guys come to the altar. It's always after. I'm putting away the books. I'm, I'm packing up the computer. And I get the guy come with tears coming down his face. I get the other guy that comes and says, hey, my dad or, or you know, the, and I hear their stories. So there is a time of prayer, but it's not often like you would see in maybe in an evangelical at the end of service, come up to the altar and pray. But there's still a time for prayer. So, yeah, it's there. It's there. It's, it's constant. So, yeah, we share it. And I do see a lot of men. It's like a language, if you would. You know, everybody can hear me. But when you start speaking somebody's language, they're listening to you. And I think when I speak at a, a convention or in a service or in some kind of event, I can hear people, everybody's listening. They're being polite, but there's certain people that are listening, you know, listening and they can really understand where you're coming from. Thank you for that. You know, you've shared your story in so many venues, large and small from those you named just now, the men's groups and even private phone calls and also broadcast television where you shared your story on the 700 Club and other programs. Yet as I have come to know you, you impress me as a very gracious and humble man. Give us a sense of who you are and what you hope to do. Well, I'm a husband. You know, that's, that's the greatest gift I have as my wife. And I'm blessed that she said, yes, I got her on a bad day. I guess she, oh, she just, no, I'm teasing. Uh, you know, I'm a father. These are the, some of the best responsibilities, gifts, privileges in my life. I, I get to be a pastor. I, you know, uh, we are imperfect people. I tell people all the time, uh, we are, we are, we live forgiven lives, not perfect lives. And, uh, you know, so I'm just a regular guy trying to pay the bills, trying to love my neighbor, trying to figure out how to, excuse me, how to navigate through this world and, and be a better person. So there's nothing special about me. And if there's any humility, it's because I know where I came from. I know what the abuse stole from me and left me with and the brokenness, and the insecurity. I, I was afraid of everything. The abuse was the rudder in which stirred my life. And when faith came into my heart, it, it, it wasn't overnight, but now I live by the glory of God, not, not because I'm perfect, not because I have all the answers, but because God, 
God has led me to love him. And now I see myself in a totally different light. You know, a couple of things there. I'll just say, because I, I didn't seek this journey to forgive. I didn't go on this journey and say, Lord, help me forgive uh, my abuser and help me forgive my mom who neglected me and all those who abandoned me. I started this journey saying, God, I want to know you. So this journey did not start with me wanting to forgive all those who abused me, uh, my abuser, my mother, and those who abandoned me. That was not where this journey started. My journey started with wanting to know God. I didn't want to know a tradition. I didn't want to know a religion. I didn't want to, I just wanted to know God. And I, and I started very simply. Uh, it, there was a lot of ups and downs, lefts and rights, pitfalls and victories on that walk. But I just wanted to know God. And as I sought God, I read his word and I wrestled with it within my own spirit. What's this mean? And how do I become that person? As I did all that, seeking God first with all my heart, with all my mind, all my strength is the sum of that was forgiveness. It wasn't where I started. I didn't know it was going to lead me there. But as I sought God's love and his word, his spirit and his grace, eventually he would say, come on, Mark, let's move that mountain. And that mountain in my life was to forgive. And I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do it. You know, and it wasn't the audible voice. It was that inner heart speaking to me. And I, the Lord just spoke to me. He said, I'm with you and we can do it. So I didn't start the first day saying, okay, I'm going to forgive the man who raped me. But eventually through a lifetime. I'm on the other side of 50. So it took a few years. But now uh, now I can say, by the grace of God, I've forgiven those who trespass against me, looking at the view of, of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. Thank you, Mark. So many of us um, take for granted being raised in, you know, Christian homes with the advantages of, you know, faith and being nurtured and having that safety and security um, of parents who cared for us, um, but that wasn't true for you. For those who haven't read your book, what was your home life like? Dysfunction, you know, dysfunction with a capital D. You know, my mom brought a lot of hurt. As an adult, I understood that hurt. It doesn't negate what she allowed to happen to me, but it helped me understand it. Uh, I didn't understand it when I was a child or a young man, but as an adult, it helped me to be able to forgive her because she carried her own pain and because of hurts in her life and neglects in her life and abuses in her life. The time I came along, I was born from an affair that she had with a married man. Uh, the time I came along, she was already broken. She was uh, really thought love was enabling, kind of had those two things together. So it was just an ugly, an ugly situation. So when the abuse came, it was the atmosphere. It was the only atmosphere I knew it was, it was the way life was. I didn't know a different way. I, I just knew the touch, the pain, the abuse, the, the, all that. I, I'll never forget the night where I heard the crackling of the threshold and felt the weight of my abuser. And the, as he lied to me and said, Mark, it's your fault. If you tell anybody, they'll take you away. I was a child. I reasoned like a child. So, you know, that lie, because that's what the languages of abusers are, is lies. And that lie permeated my head for many years, even after the abuse was over, the physical abuse, when I got big enough to fight them off and had a family member who stood up for me, the lies lived within my spirit and soul for many, many years. And it kept me pushed down is what, that was the nightmare that stole, and I it stole so much from me. And I'm so thankful for people who grew up in Christian homes and had a nuclear family and had support and love. But eventually we all have a nightmare. We all go through something that tries to take us off the path, tries to lead us down another road that steals hope from us. 
So the story of forgiving the nightmare is not the story of abuse. That's my story. But it's the story of learning to forgive those tragedies and those those hurts in your life that's tried to push you down and saying, God, you're with me through it all. Again, I'll say it. We don't live perfect lives. We live forgiven lives. So we want to ask you to detail the darkest times for fear of triggering trauma for you or someone listening. And we should advise everyone that if something we say today causes you unrest and puts you in harm's way, call 988 or talk with a trusted mental health professional. Amen. But Mark, let me just ask this. How do you cope when things were the bleakest? How did you cope? How do you cope? Because I'm sure with what you're describing, you must suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder if you want to put a label on it. Sure. I I think that as a child, I just was in survival mode. You know, I don't think, I I tell people a lot of times I wasn't raised, I survived. Uh, There was food on our table, but, you know, I was in survival mode. Uh, now, of course, I have my triggers. Uh, of course, I have those moments where the memories get loud or a smell or a familiar sound will, will trigger some things. I, I, I'm a believer. I believe God's with me. It w- but it doesn't mean I don't have my triggers. And when those triggers pop up, and they do, I, I just remember I also have God. And God's word is as loud in me, if not louder, than those triggers. Now, this is my story. And I know there's great counselors and psychiatrists and, and coaches that help people on that journey. And I worked with them too. But for me, for me, when those, when those lies of the enemy that says all you'll ever be is junk, all you'll ever be is trash, all you'll ever be is the sum of this, this abuse, that your identity is victim, your, your outlook is poor. I remember what God says about me. And in my spirit, as I meditate, I remember God says, I'm saved, I'm delivered, I'm a child of God. I, I don't think I'm perfect in any way. I, I'm not. Let me say that again. But I know that I'm not what the abuse calls me. I'm not what the abuse tried to label me. I'm not this, I'm not trapped in that lie anymore. I'm better than that. I'm still growing. I still put my foot in my mouth every day. I'm still learning how to be a better husband, father, friend, and preacher, and everything in between. But I don't let that hold on to me too long, too long. So again, for me, it's that, that you know, the Bible says that our mind gets transformed in, by the reading of his word. And that's what I truly hold on to, that we're the renewing of our minds. And how do I renew his mind? By knowing his word. So that's, that's my way. <laughs> I want to devote the remainder of our time to some of what is happening now with Forgiving the Nightmare Ministries, and how someone who has a burden uh, like you can join your team. Recently, you shared that some network leaders approached you about doing a Forgiving the Nightmare television series. Tell us about that. Sure, I'd be happy to. You know, first of all, this journey went further, bigger, longer, than I could ever imagine. I wrote this book simply because I believe some people would read it, my family, my friends. I did it because God told me to in my heart of hearts. I'm an, I'm, a, I'm a dyslexic. How does a dyslexic write a book? Well, marry a girl who's a teacher. That's, you know, that's how, uh, but it, it's, you know, uh, but I, it's gone further and bigger. And you're right. We were contacted now by a couple of Christian networks and they said, Mark, if you produce a television show, We'd love to put it on the air and and promote it with you. So we're kind of doing that. We're 
I've never done this before. I, I'm a broken kid from Massachusetts. You know, now I'm making a television. I have no clue what I'm doing, but hey, I'm trusting God. So if you want to know a little bit more about us and our ministry and the book and the television show called Forgive the Nightmare TV, the best thing I can do is invite you to our website. It's called forgivingthenightmare.com, forgivingthenightmare.com. I'm on the social medias. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook and you can check me out there. But really the place to start, forgivingthenightmare.com. And you'll see what we're doing with the books. You'll see where we're speaking, see some videos of my ugly mug. And you'll also, uh, you know, hear a little bit. If you keep scrolling further and deeper enough, you'll see about Forgive the Nightmare TV. We, we have the openings. Uh, at the networks now we just need to do some fundraising to produce the the shows yeah and i want to say a little bit about that as a personal a supporter of your ministry uh pastor mark and the forgiving the nightmare team are now looking for prayer partners and financial investors to transform this dream into reality and as mark said for more information on this, the webpage, forgivingthenightmare.com, that has a very compelling 25-minute video and shows you very clearly how you can pray and make a financial contribution. If you have the means and if God lays it on your heart, I encourage you to do that. Thank you. Uh, Mark, I just want to say that I'm very grateful that God has crossed our paths. Leona, you shared with me what an impact Forgiving the Nightmare had on you. Yeah, you know, it was, I, I actually am not a social media kind of person, but after I read the book, I posted on my page about your book and just the impact that it had on me. And what I said in my post was something like, it's not just about forgiveness. Um, there's so much more in this book that I unpacked um, personally, just about my relationship with God and, and finding him in the, the strangest places, right? And, and how he speaks to us and how he moves in our lives. And you said it, like, I'm dyslexic. How am I supposed to write a book? But he makes a way and he puts yeah. the right people in our paths and and he creates television shows with people who don't know how to do television, right? That's right. That's right. Um, that, that part about God is so amazing to me. And you're, you do such a great job just describing this God that's so personal and so present. Um, and it was just really meaningful to me. Talk to me a little bit about the other parts of that book. You know, the, the book, I kind of break into two two ways. I kind of tell my testimony, my story. I'm trying to be as transparent and honest and as vulnerable as I can. And I talk a little bit about the ugliness of my abuse, but that's not where the book is. I talk about my relationship with God, my mother, you know, just kind of growing up, my mistakes, my victories, my challenges. Uh, but at the back of the book, I add a thing called trail markers. I like to climb mountains. I'm not very good at it, but I like to do it. And a few years ago, I climbed Mount Marcy. That's the highest point in New York. You know, it's not New York City, way up in the Adirondacks. And so I climbed that and I realized I had to file trail markers. If not, I'd get lost. 
And I think sometimes in this journey of life, journey of forgiveness, journey with God, we have to have some trail markers, real honest ones. And for me, I put about 10 trail markers that I hold on to that kind of help me. It's not everybody's answer. I, I, I don't, I'm not bold enough to say this is the only way, but for me, it was a good way. And those were things like just having friends that can tell you, you know, hey, you need a Tic Tac. You know, one of those real friends that can say, and, and, and evaluating yourself is, is it, is, am I getting prideful? Am I, am I getting angry? Do I, do I have those things in my life that really surround me so I can take inventory, not inventory to, to beat myself up with, but inventory to say, hey, am I first where I want to be? Am I first, am I next where God wants me to be? Am I being the kind of person I hope to be? So that's kind of what you talk about in the, the latter part of the books. Uh, you know, I, just that that journey and i call them i call it like i said just um, trail markers because without a trail marker you'll get lost you know in a lot of things so uh, i talk about that but again the rest of the book uh we talk about just kind of my journey my stories my hope my victory what god's given me honest and genuine and that's what we're going to do on the tv show uh, the tv show is just not going to be me i'm hoping to to um uh, interview other people who have been through traumas and learn to go into forgiveness and their forgiveness journey may be built on the same rock of Jesus Christ that mine is, but I'm sure they got there different ways. And I want to hear that. I want to hear their mm -hmm. story. So forgive the nightmare. I'll be that. Uh, I'll be the host and talking to others on their, on their forgiveness journeys. Wonderful. Well, we look forward to seeing uh, what those trail markers lead, where those trail markers lead and what God has in store for forgiving the nightmare and for you and your ministry. I'd like to lead a, a prayer if I could. Let's pray. Holy and righteous God, you want what is best for us. You despise what is evil and abusive. You make it possible for us to uh, climb out of tragedy and into safety and security we pray for those who are still trapped in abuse and homes that are dysfunctional grateful that you are never that, that we need never be alone even times we are confused lord i pray that you guide mark past mark and you give him those trail markers to keep climbing in his ministry forgiving the nightmare and help broaden this the cast the seed and broaden the expand the team to include all those who have a burden and a blessing to share in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for coming on, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to see you and meet you and, and be blessed by uh, by what you do. And I pray, I'll continue to pray for, for you guys and your audience. So thank you again for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. It's nice meeting you, everyone. God bless. 
Revealing Voices is an outreach of Delight and Disorder Ministries whose mission is to inspire and inform those with brain illnesses and our loved ones. In the process, we hope to encourage and uplift you with hope that can be healing. If you think we are accomplishing our goal, we would be delighted if you gave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to recommend guests or topics for future shows, contact us at our website, revealingvoices.com. Be blessed and be well.